Hello there and welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimek. Today is Thursday. It's June the 10th. We're going to talk on the program today. By the way, welcome. Let me say, (laughs) I'm getting right into what we're going to talk about. And I didn't even say welcome. Welcome. I have a chair for you here. Pull up the chair. Have a seat. Relax. Get your beverage. Get your snack. Let's settle in. Because for the next 30 minutes, we are going to talk about how the Holy Spirit can transform us. You know, I think one of the big problems with with a topic like this, I, I, I know at least in my mind, I, I get it now, but not too long ago, I did not get this concept, this idea of transformation. The problem with a topic like this is it can sound a little vague, can it? Yes, the Holy Spirit, we will be transformed. It almost sounds like it's a uh, so so subtle of a transformation or so subtle of a process, it really doesn't make a difference. Maybe it's kind of like a good feeling or something. But in reality, we are talking about a major heavy-duty transformation. The Holy Spirit can transform you and me into images of Jesus. And, and, you know, like I'm not just saying this in a fluffy or vague or feel-good type of way. I mean literally. The Holy Spirit can transform us, and that's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, into the image of Jesus Christ, so that when we when we speak, when we act, and even internally when we think, we're going to speak, think, and act as Jesus did. Now it's a gradual process. Well, let's so so we'll explore this in the program today. It's a gradual process, and it doesn't, for most people, happen overnight. But it is definitely something that can happen. This is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, to transform us into a new creation. And let's talk about it, because you need to know that. You need to believe that today, because of the fact that so many of us struggle with controlling our passions. So many of us struggle with discouragement. So many us of us find uh, we lose our peace based on based on the things that are going around us. If the Holy Spirit truly works in us, then this is not going to happen. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about how the Holy Spirit can transform us, transform us into the image of Jesus, so that when people see us, when people hear us. They, they see and hear Jesus, and it sounds impossible. It sounds like it's too good to be true, but it really isn't. It is absolutely possible. Um, I'm glad to have you with me on the show today. It's a very nice day here in southern New Jersey. I hope it's nice where you are, too. Hope everything is well in your life right now. But you know what? For the next close to 30 minutes, um, 25 minutes or so we have remaining in the program, let's just try to check our problems at the door, and let's let the Lord just fill us with His peace. I know it helps me to do this show, and I really hope that my uh, my my work helps you as well. Let's let's let the Lord really, really fill us with that peace that He wants to give us today. So we'll begin as we do every day by turning to our Father in heaven and asking Him for a few things, including we're going to ask Him to give me the words so I'll know what to say on this program. All right, you ready to get started? All right, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for being here with us right now. 
Father, as I look around, I don't see you. I just see a lot of things. I see books. I see a table. I see a bunch of stuff on the table. I look outside. I see the trees. But I know, Father, that just as I'm surrounded by the air, just as we are all surrounded by air, otherwise we wouldn't be alive, just as we're surrounded by air, which is invisible, we are also surrounded by your presence. You are everywhere. You are with us right now. We believe that, not by sight, but by faith. Father, we thank you for your constant presence. We thank you for creating us. Even though we can't see you, Father, we see the evidence of your creation all around us. Again, I see trees. I look down. I see my hands. I see my feet. I'm so grateful, Father, that you created me to be alive at this particular point in history. Father, we lift up to you now all of our problems. It's easy to to, to, to bring them with us. And even when we're listening to a program about you, about your power, it's easy to become overwhelmed with our problems. But we're going to give them to you now. We're going to ask you to handle them. Jesus came to earth, Father. He entered our world. He left the comfort of heaven to teach us about you, to reveal you to us. to make reparation for our sins on the cross and to rise from the dead, defeating death once and for all. Father, thank you for sending Jesus into the world. Please continue through the work of your Holy Spirit to transform us into his image and likeness. Control our emotions through the work of the Holy Spirit. Inspire our thoughts, our words, our actions. May all that we do, Father, bring glory to you. Father, I ask you to use me today on the program. Use me as your instrument. Allow me to deliver the message. Please give me the message you would like to, to, to me to deliver. And Father, open up all of our minds and all of our hearts so that we are receptive to what you have to say and willing to put it into practice. Father, we ask these things in the most holy, the most sacred name above all names, Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you so much for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimak. You are listening to Following the Truth. Just want to remind you that we are only a few days away from the beginning of our Give Up Worry for Good summer program. We're going to do it virtually online. It's the type of thing that you don't have to show up at a certain time for the way it's going to work. And it's all detailed on my website, followingthetruth.com. You're going to get a copy of the book, my latest book, Give Up Worry for Good, which is an eight-week daily program designed to help you to give up worry for good. That's the purpose of the book. That's what uh, th- that's what we're going to be trying to do together. Now, when the book was written, 
we designed it to be used not only individually, but as a group study. So we're going to do that as a group. Now, the way I'll do it is for each day's material, I will send out my daily email reflection, as I do now. You may already be on the list. If not, make sure you get on it. And I'm going to supplement the material in the book. It, it, it's just going to be brief. This is None of this is going to take more than a few minutes. You could spend more time meditating, obviously, on the verses, and I, I would recommend you do. Um, but you really don't have to be burdened with an excessive amount of time in order to get through this. I wanted to keep it short. This is the summer. People are busy during the summer. So I'm going to supplement the material, give you a little message. I'll highlight the Bible verse for the daily reflection. I might post an excerpt from the book, and then I'm going to give you some of my thoughts. And again, it's going to be really brief. And then also on this program, beginning on Monday, this Monday, June the 14th, I'm going to talk about the material as well. We might not use the whole program. It really is going to depend on where the Spirit leads and on how much I have to say. But I am so excited to start this. I'm also going to do some Facebook Live as well. I probably... And again, I'm still, we're going to see how the Holy Spirit leads me with this, but I will probably go live at some point on Monday evening. But even then, if you can't catch it live, you will be able to, um, if you can't catch it live, you will be able to watch the archived broadcast. So it really, it's going to be, can be done at your convenience, which is the way that I wanted to do it. Okay. So for more information, just go to my website, followingthetruth.com followingthetruth.com and click on the banner and then you're going to find out all you need to know about Give Up Worry for Good, what we're going to be doing this summer, all right? Um, And I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to get a lot out of it. And you know, one of the reasons I did this, if you've heard any of my radio interviews talking about this program, is we are now excited, many of us, because the, the churches are open. We can do things again. The, the, the quarantine is lifted. We're starting to get out into the world. The only problem is many churches, as they always have done, they close down in the summer. There are not a lot of programs active in the summer because people are busy. So that's why I wanted to start this so that we can do something in the summer. You can do it from your own home. You don't have to show up and meet together. So... I think it's going to be really good. Followingthetruth.com. That's all you need to know. You'll see the banner right at the top of the page. Click on that, and you're going to learn step by step. This is not easy. Other than the cost of the book, there is no charge for this. Let's do this, right? It's going to be good. Do me a favor. Let your friends know about this, too. If you could let one person know, just shoot them an email. Put the link in there. Especially if you know somebody who's worrying. Say, look, I'm doing this program. Why don't you try this? Try it with me. You know, there's, there's really nothing to lose except your anxiety, your, your, your tendency to worry. We're going to try to get rid of that with the help of our Lord, and we're going to walk through it one day at a time. Okay, followingthetruth.com. That's the place to go. All right, so this transformation of, of the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, transforming you into the image of Jesus, here's where I got the idea. This is the the first reading from today's daily Mass. This is the... Reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. All right, let me read this to you. Brothers and sisters, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the hearts of the children of Israel. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, 
the veil is removed. Now, this this idea that that Paul's getting at here is originally God revealed Himself to His people gradually in stages. So throughout the Old Testament, we see God remaining somewhat distant and more mysterious than he is once Jesus was born. Jesus came into our world to reveal the Father, to bring him close, to draw him near, to let us know more about the Father. So this veil has been lifted. Now, Paul says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All of us, gazing with unveiled face on the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, as from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, there is more in this, in this first reading, but that's what I want to, that's my point of departure for today. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I wrote about in my email reflection today. I think that's what the Spirit's placing on my heart, this idea of you and me, fallen sinners. And I know that sounds painful, but let's be honest. That's who we are. We are sinners. We, uh, on our own, we can do nothing good. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can let God's grace work through us so that our thoughts, our words, and our actions resemble those of Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine somebody looking at you and confusing you with Jesus? And I, look, I am not trying to insult you, but very few of us here, I can't imagine any of us, will say that people look at me and they see Jesus. They get me confused with Jesus. Very few of us are going to be able to say that. If you can, that's great. But I sure can't. But, but here's, here's the thing, and this is what I, I want to give you hope with this, and I pray the Spirit can open your heart so you can receive this message, because it's critical. I am about as weak of a person as, as, as God has ever created. I mean, I, I have never been especially faithful. I've never been especially um, consistent. I've, I've had a lot of flaws. I, I fly off the handle. I mean, that's, I, I, that, that seems to be the way I am. It's my tendency. I'm prone to discouragement. I give up if something is too difficult. I mean, that's the way, if you, if you look at the course of my life, that's more often than not the way I responded. I'm weak. I'm weak. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit can't work with me and transform me. And over the years, the Holy Spirit has done that. And I see a difference in the way I think, speak, and act. Am I perfect? No way. And that's going to be, I am not going to be perfect while I'm on this earth. And I accept that. But my goal now is to try to let the Holy Spirit work in me. And through me, so that when others see my word, hear my words, see my actions, they're going to see some of the qualities that Jesus might exhibit. Now, how does, how does this get displayed? This comes about, or this is displayed, this is measured. How do you know this is working? How do you know that you're doing this? How do you know that, you know, that the transformation is taking place? Well, ultimately... We want to look to the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is working inside of us, 
and, and, and doing things. And remember, that's dependent on our giving the Holy Spirit permission and also for us on us cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is doing. So if the Holy Spirit's doing his thing and we are cooperating and letting the Spirit work in us, then our lives should bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're the fruits of the Holy Spirit, as detailed by St. Paul in his letter to the Galatians. But when you look at each of those virtues, they can be seen primarily in the life of Jesus. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to run through each of these very briefly. I also want to let you know, if you have not picked up a copy of my book, this was the previous book that was out just prior to Give Up Worry for Good. It's called Let Go of Anger and Stress, Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Spirit. It's a book about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't picked up a copy, you might want to check it out. Let go of anger and stress. I I put in my email reflection today that at the present time, Amazon is offering a substantial discount. I I forget exactly what it was. I think it's like 31% off of let go of anger and stress. So it's uh, selling for about $10 or $10 and some change. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you might want to check that out. Today would be a good day. I think it's a limited time offer at Amazon.com, Let Go of Anger and Stress, where I talk about each of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But let's talk about this. Let's let's just go through each of the fruits briefly so that you know what we're talking about when it comes to these virtues that we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, be transformed. We can produce in our lives through the transformation that is brought about by the Holy Spirit. The first of the fruits is love. What is love? Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is a conscious decision to do something for someone, to put their needs before our needs. So it can be praying for somebody. It could be doing a kind action of some sort. It could be forgiving an offense. That's what love is 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 really all about. Now, ideally, what we should, our love should produce some sort of a feeling. We shouldn't just be content to love somebody by putting their needs first or to will the good of another. That's the definition Thomas Aquinas used. But we should work on caring about them and seeing them as God sees them. That, again, can be brought about through the Holy Spirit. But essentially, love is putting the needs of someone else first, thinking about them more than you think about yourself. That's what the ultimately we look at Jesus who gave up his life. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for a friend. I mean, that's that's what Jesus did for us. That's the ultimate example of love. So with the Holy Spirit's help, you and I, we are capable of that kind of love. By ourselves, it's just not going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen with somebody who is very nice to us or someone who, who we really care about. But it's not going to happen with that person who is annoying and always gives us a hard time. That's where we need this supernatural love produced by the Holy Spirit. But it's possible. The next uh, next one of the fruits. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one because we don't have the time. But um, it's joy. What is joy? Joy, sometimes we think of joy as a feeling. I'm feeling joyful today because uh, I've got great things happening. It's beautiful outside. That's not what joy is. Joy is a response. Joy is a conscious decision 
to respond to God's presence in our lives. So we can always rejoice. And that's why St. Paul, while he's sitting in captivity, chained to a Roman guard in his letter to the Philippians, can talk about rejoicing because it is always possible to rejoice. And we rejoice not because things are going well in our life, but because God is present. Always, wherever we go, rejoice. Uh, so it's love, joy, peace, the next fruit of the Spirit. Peace is a, a state of serenity, again, based on God's presence in our life. It's in our life. It's a supernatural gift given to us. It's not the absence of conf- conflict. It's a serenity that comes about with letting the Holy Spirit work in your life. In other words, you're just feeling, you know, I don't even like to use the word feeling because sometimes it, it it's bigger than, than a feeling. Sometimes you can be at peace, peace of mind, but not feel peaceful. You know that something you're doing, it's painful, it's, it, it involves suffering, but yet you know that you're doing all you can, and there's a certain sense of, of serenity that goes along with this. Maybe it's a, it's a child who, one of your children has left the faith, and you know you've talked to them, you pray for them, you're doing everything you can, and they're still not coming back. But you, 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 while you keep praying and you, you've got that suffering that goes along with that because you know that they're hurting themselves, you know also that you've done whatever you can. You're doing the best you can. And then there's that certain sense of peace that you develop. So that comes from the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. We need to learn to be patient with ourselves, with other people, with God and with circumstances. And that's what that patience is. Patience to wait on God, patience to sit in traffic, patience to not get frustrated or discouraged when you keep committing the same sin over and over and over, but being patient with the fact that the Holy Spirit is working in with, with you. Remember, these are not fruits that you're producing yourself. These come from the Holy Spirit, but you can block them. That's the catch. You can block them. And we do all the time. But essentially that peace, I mean, I'm sorry, that uh, patience is coming from the Holy Spirit. What is kindness? Kindness is mercy in action. What is mercy? Mercy is love that encounters suffering and does something about it. So if you encounter somebody who is suffering in any way and you respond either by praying for them or by helping them out with a gesture or a kind word, then you are exhibiting mercy in action. Your love is leading you to do something for that person. That is kindness. Goodness. What is goodness? Good, goodness is the righteousness uh, of God. Goodness is being holy. And we can all do that. We can all be good with the help of the Holy Spirit. We were created good. Sometimes we think we were created, uh, you know, we were we were not created good, or we look at a person, we say, oh, that's a bad, he's a bad person. Nobody's a bad person. We, we are good people, essentially, that, who sometimes do bad things, and that's what, that's our fallen human nature. You know, unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with. So, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I mentioned that I'm not especially faithful, and I tend to give up easily. This is where the Holy Spirit can produce a fruit that's very much needed in my life. And, and, and he's been really helping me with this one. 
We need to be faithful to God. We need to be faithful to other people. When we make a promise, we got to be careful before we make the promise and not make that promise if we think we're going to possibly not be able to live up to it. That's what faithful means. You can count on my word as being good. And again, you look at the life of Jesus. He has all of these virtues. It's pretty obvious. But the Holy Spirit can transform us so that we're going to look like him, a lesser version of him. But nonetheless, we're going to have some of these good qualities as well. All right, what am I up to now? Um, Faithfulness, gentleness, which means power under control. Jesus had ultimate power, but he didn't always use it. He used it sparingly. And that's what we are called to do. Just because we might have power over somebody to completely take their head off with our, with our words or something or shut them down or do something to really show them that we're in charge, we want to, through the Holy Spirit, learn to channel that power and not use it unless it's absolutely necessary. And there are many different ways we can do that, but ultimately it's about serving others by being meek. That does not mean weak. That means by being meek, by not abusing our power. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're an employer, you have somebody working for you, you can really abuse that power. But we're called as Christians not to do that. The Holy Spirit can help us with that. And finally, self-control. And I think that's really the secret to all of these fruits, to letting the Holy Spirit work in your life and bearing fruit, it's, it's that self-control. you got to control yourself so that you don't stop the Holy Spirit. I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit is a combination of GPS and power steering. So in other words, the Holy Spirit gives you ideas. You start to feel, you know what you should do. And then uh, that's the GPS portion. And then the power steering is just like on your car. The Holy Spirit makes it easier to turn the wheels. So you know the people who you are supposed to love and the Holy Spirit will give you the grace to be able to fight through your anger and love them. But unless you're really channeling the fruit of self-control, you may decide, I'm not going to do the right thing or I'm going to give in to my passions when it comes to some sinful behavior. That's where the self-control comes in. So there you have it. Those fruits can be produced in us if we let the Holy Spirit work. So every morning, what I recommend you do is say, come Holy Spirit, inspire my thoughts, my words, my actions, control my emotions. And then throughout the day, try to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And then gradually, you'll find yourself being transformed into someone who looks more like Jesus Christ every day. That's the key, right? That's it in a nutshell. All right. I'm looking at the clock. I've got to run. Thank you so much for stopping by. God willing, I plan to be back with you here tomorrow on Following the Truth. Have yourself a fantastic day. Don't forget, followingthetruth.com is the place to check out the Give Up Worry for Good program that kicks off on Monday. Have a great night. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.